The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you I am a boat rocker, rocker, rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy time. And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio here, uh, show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and you'll see two videos there. Now, I say we're live. And we are live at this moment. I'm not lying about that, but you guys know how I am. If I talk about pre-records and stuff, it gets all jumbled up. So what you see now is not what you'll see when you go over there. On the left side of the page is Bradley's show from the previous day. If you want to watch that, you can click on it play it up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that area. And then on the right side, you should see the Sons of Liberty logo or an image that I've got there for today's show. And with that said... 
uh, you can click on the play button on the on the video on the right, and then you can blow it up on whatever device you have. And then in the lower right hand corner, you're going to see the Rumble icon. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. We're also streaming to Rumble on uh, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're on beforeitsnews.com at the top of the page, and also dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. Don't forget, while you're over there at sonsoflibertymedia.com, sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, you get one of those in the evening. And then if you want our ministry email, which is exclusive content in that, that's once a week. That goes out on Saturday. Go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. And you'll see what we're doing in the ministry on the Internet, on the radio, and in the 50 states among the people. Also, uh, if you would like to support us, we, we always need support, and we're thankful for our supporters. There's a Donate button at the top of the page. Click on that and make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. Our store is also available. This week we're highlighting the Prayer That Rocked the Capitol DVD. Uh, again, if you guys haven't seen how the Mockingbird Media is in lockstep, boy, when they get the memo to go out, you need to watch this video. This is when Bradley was invited to the Minnesota State Capitol back in 2011. He gave a prayer there, and within 10 minutes of that prayer, 2,000 outlets across the United States had missed. I mean, they, they just tore into him, said things about him. He didn't even say, uh, called him a hater, all this kind of stuff. And even when, when you guys keep playing this Republican-Democrat game, you'll see the Republican guy. It's spineless, syrupy, milk toast, panty waist guy, and a Democrat guy, same thing, and they they renounce they they denounce Bradley, and then they come in and they bring their own little quote unquote chaplain, who doesn't address anybody that he's praying to, but he prays this, I don't know, selfish, feel good kind of prayer to something he doesn't even acknowledge. You you need to check that out if you don't understand how that works. Normally this is a donation of twenty dollars this week only through Saturday at midnight. You can get thirty percent off the DVD with the promo code prayer. It's pretty simple. You get that and uh, that'll be for the special this week. Now we've got a special guest on the line. We've had him here before, but before he before he uh, before I bring him on, I want to I want to take. There's a short little video. It came from Rebel News. It's his son, and you'll see it's a spitting image of him. Uh, well mannered young man, uh, very very well spoken, and just want to open up with this uh, before we bring our friend Artur Pawlowski on. Here is uh, his son, Nathaniel. They do these outrageous arrests, doing them in the middle of the highway, SWAT style, coming to our house, arresting him on the steps. This isn't normal. This was a politically motivated attack on someone who was not bending the knee to the tyrannical government of Alberta. He was given tens of thousands of dollars in fines, probation officer, community service order, a compelled speech blurb that he had to say anytime he was speaking. All of this has been overturned, thrown out, and he's been found not guilty. It's an amazing victory. He was arrested for giving a sermon to the truckers down at the Coots border. He spent nearly a month and a half in solitary confinement for that, so he still has those charges. But this is a great first step, and all of the other charges are going to start unraveling now. We're going to finally see some justice happen. Amen. Amen. And with that said, I want to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Pastor Artur Pawlowski, and it's good to see you back at home, brother. Thank you so much for having me in. I absolutely love uh, the title. I mean, uh, the Sons of Liberty. We are just that. We are the Sons 
of liberty because liberty is God. And in my Bible, it says that whoever comes to me is free indeed. That's and right. In the Bible, it says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So um, I really like your title for your show. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we were starting, we were starting the recording here. And I was already sensing this is going to be powerful. I, I'm just I'm sensing it in me. And people know I'm not a touchy feely kind of guy, but you know when that's coming. You know when it's coming. And I'm glad you came on. And what I want you to do, you know, you you've had this tremendous victory that your son's talking about here. We talked about it before the show. Bring people up to speed a little bit about how things have transpired because this year especially has been um, really trying on you and your family. I know. But you're seeing the fruits of your labor in the midst of it. And so I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell people what's happened over the past several months and uh, and where you are right now and the victory God's given you. Well, how about we do this a little bit differently? Let me sure. go back and tell people the whole story Please. so people understand um, how significant is this victory. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. So... Um, my adventure, if you will, and, and I'm sure very quickly you can tell I, I am a Polish immigrant. I grew up behind the Iron Curtain in um, Poland under the boots of the Soviets. We emigrated to Greece and then from Greece to Canada because Canada offered us freedom. We had our El Dorado in Greece, but we wanted freedom. We wanted to work hard, achieve something, and pass it on to our children. And in Europe at that time, that was impossible. Mafia was ruling over the post-communist countries and corruption at the highest level. So when Canadian government offered us to come here, we gladly took it. We emigrated in 1995, and I went straight to business, and I was a businessman all my life. However, God got a hold of my life, and I started to work with homeless people. In 1999, I took my first homeless man out of the streets and uh, that started a journey with the poorest of the poor. In 2005, uh, governments approached me and our church and declared that giving free goods and services right now in Canada is illegal. Uh, congregating is illegal. Preaching is illegal. Having signs, uh, they were deemed offensive. Jesus is king, illegal. Reading the Bible, I was... I became the first Canadian citizen to be arrested for reading a Bible without amplification. I mean, insanity at the highest levels, and I faced a year of imprisonment. That, this, uh, from 2005 to 2015, triggered this 10-year-old um, huge battle with the provincial and municipal uh, government, over 100 court cases and 11 arrests during that time. I call that period preparation or going through the fire, being refined in the fire. Over 100 court cases, 300 citations. In 2015, I win. I win my biggest trial and they leave me be. They almost finished me financially. I lost my houses. I lost my property. I lost my money and I had to remortgage my house seven times uh, to, to, to keep, uh, you know, feeding the poor. And they left me after that victory for a few years alone. And then 2020 shows up, March. And of course, I received a letter from City Hall. And here, behold, they said to me that I have to stop feeding the poor. Why? Because we're in the middle of this great crisis. And blah, blah, blah went the lie. 
I disputed that. I said, listen, if we're truly in the middle of crisis, uh, when you're shutting down shelters and you're shutting down soup kitchens, it just simply doesn't make any sense. What do you think those 15 to 20,000 individuals are going to do roaming the streets if our ministries uh, and similar ministries like mine are going to be shut down and going to kick them out of the shelters? Um, the mayor didn't reply, didn't care. I appealed it to the premier and uh, ministers no one replied even to me and no one cared so i kept feeding people and then behold uh, beginning of april police and the bylaw services with ahs and the the nazi um you know health uh, officers showed up and i became the first canadian this time with a COVID ticket i was threatened with arrest i was threatened with a million dollar word of tickets so fast forward that's what was going on for the entire year of 2020 every time we would show up which is three times a week we feed homeless people uh the authorities would show up uh you know huge numbers of officers and i will end up with a covered ticket and then uh, halloween uh, came in canada and the politicians went on television and they said to everyone hey kids have a safe halloween it's awesome it's good uh, go out there and have fun few weeks after that they went the same politicians went on television and they said we're canceling christmas i don't know if you remember that but that was a total insanity. I do. yeah i do they tried to do that here in some places too it's 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 insane they're canceling christmas i'm thinking like what who, who do you think people you are some kind of a green grinch you're canceling christmas you're you're sick in the head you can't cancel god and especially after you just encourage kids to have a great time during halloween and now suddenly having uh, a grandma uh, for dinner is dangerous to society the calgary police came on television and they said they're going to be sending police monitoring the driveways and seeing if um, people have extra cars outside and they said they're going to be arresting people so what i did i mean i'm a polish immigrant i'm some kind of a mixture scottish irish and polish i don't know some kind of a a, a bump a mixture uh, the first thing I did, I uh, did a huge dinner. I invited my family, my entire family, my parents Amen. and neighbors, and I sent pictures to those devils. I said, well, you want to come uh, while well, I'm easy uh, to be found. So you're welcome to come. Let's see. Let's tangle. Uh, let's tangle uh, together. Let's dance a Polish style. So anyway, they didn't show up. Um, I went on television and I invited the entire country to come uh, with me to the biggest Christmas celebration in Canada. And lots of people showed up and we had triple A Alberta steaks. We had gifts for the homeless people and we did the unthinkable. I don't know if you're ready for this, but we did something that was considered the most dangerous thing uh, during Christmas of 2020. We had, are you ready? Carolers. <laughs> we had Christmas carolers singing praises to our God. Amen. That was, uh, that was the most dangerous thing according to the, the politicians those communist fascist psychopaths um uh, during the 2020 uh, christmas season um well people showed up uh, a few thousand people um participated in this great celebration but we also had over a hundred police officers 52 police cars anti-terrorists and the chief of police himself over 20 cops on bicycles and i end up with 15 
COVID tickets for my horrible crime of singing and feeding and giving gifts to the poor. So that was 2020. Then they started to show up into our church facility. I pastored two churches. One is called Street Church, streetchurch.ca, where we feed the homeless people. And then I pastor another church, the Cave of Adullam, which is a, a, a typical normal church building where we teach theology, we pray, we have Lord's Supper, and we also, I also teach history. So they started to block our driveway, believe it or not, intimidating and harassing our parishioners. Then they started to bring those telescopic cameras and they would start taking pictures of our women and children. And again, you're talking to a Polish emigrant. I grew up in hell on earth behind the Iron Curtain. I've seen those tactics before. If they could not get to a guy, well, they intimidated the man with saying, hey, we know where your wife works. We got pictures you see uh we we know you have a daughter uh, she's 13 years old you know what we can do to your daughter i mean use your imagination those They're are sick toxic. jokers man they are sick jokers doing that stuff they, they are sick. They're absolutely psychopathic individuals. There is no other way to describe the tactics that the law enforcement used during this two and a half year of implementation of tyranny in our beloved Canada. It was absolutely insane. Well, uh, we kicked them out. And they came back, as you remember, during our holiest time of the year, during our Easter weekend, our Passover. This is for Christians, the holiest time of the year. This is where Jesus dies and raises from the dead. And we prepare for that day. And, and it's, a, it's a big deal for the Christians. Uh, it's like attacking uh, Muslim people during Ramadan. I mean, your head would be chopped off in a heartbeat. But that's uh, what the politicians decided to do. They decided to attack our churches in uh, uh, during the time of the holiest time of the year. So I was preparing um, equipment and um, I was by the pulpit and then I looked to my left and I saw masked bandits are uh, literally gangsters in uniform muzzled like gangsters like some kind of a um, you know um, a bank robbers uh, uh, walking in into our sanctuary I was absolutely shocked I'm telling you I was shocked that those people dared to do it I trespassed them I've told them that they're not allowed to do it this uh, invasion is against the criminal code of canada section 176 one two and three and they did it anyway so i grabbed my cell phone and i started to record uh, this whole thing because before they lied about what i said and what i did so i told them what was in my heart get out get out you nazis you gestapo get out and as you know it was that video that was watched over a billion times yeah it became the, the, the most viewed video during the Easter of 2021. I, I, if you would say to me that this is going to be, um, you know, watch so many times, I would say to you, crazy. And anyway, I kicked them out. They left. They took off. I uploaded the video before the sermon and I went preached. I didn't even think twice about this. This was my uh, not a first run with authorities. Uh, again, the 10 year war uh, from 2005 to 2015 plus uh, they were harassing and intimidating us for from March of 2020 up till April of 2021. So uh, those incidents were happening on a regular basis. I would get ticket. I would be threatened, harassed, intimidated. I had police 
police coming to my house. I had detectives coming to my house. I had bylaw services coming to my house. Uh, so this was a regular thing. And I started to call them Gestapo and Nazis because they started to act just like Gestapo of all total lawlessness. So they came back. They went to a judge. I call those judges the three crooked amigos. They found those judges corrupted to the core. And the first one was David Gates. And again, David Gates, I don't know if he's related to your snake, Bill Gates, but David <laughs> Gates of Alberta, he gave them the power, believe it or not, against the law, against the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, against the Bill of Rights, against Constitution, against the Criminal Code of Canada. He gave them the power, this crooked judge, to enter our church anytime they want with whomever they wish. So they showed up with SWAT team. Anti-terrorists are coming, marching to the church. While I stood at the door, I kicked them again. They came back, I kicked them again. Well, then they went to another crooked judge, John Rook, I call him John Rook the Crook. This judge is the boss of judges, associate chief justice in the province of Alberta. He gave them another court order saying that anyone that will stop the AHS, Alberta Health Services, can be arrested in a spot. So in, um, in Whoops. Whoops. We lost we lost Pastor Arthur there. <laughs> Maybe he's going to he's on a roll and uh, hopefully he's going to connect back up here. I don't know if he got cut off or or what happened. Um, OK, there you are. Now you're back again. That's um, that's weird. That's real. You were getting fired up there. So just plug on ahead, brother. That's weird. Those devils that are messing with you. <laughs> And I'm paying so much for that internet. I got uh, anyway. So this John Rook crooked guy, he gave them the power to basically enslave the entire population of Alberta, four and a half million Albertans. What's interesting uh, about the story is that those three, two crooked judges, uh, they did all those court orders ex parte without our knowledge, without our participation, without uh, our ability to counterattack this criminal behavior coming from the courts. What's another thing is that all those proceedings were done off the record. The recordings were switched off and the recording uh, was prohibited. So um, we don't know what was said. We don't know why they did what they did what was the basis for those tyrannical orders and, and that tells you everything this is a soviet style a fascist gestapo style uh, proceedings anyway uh the swat team the anti-terrorists showed up uh, with that new court order and they did not even bother giving it to me or sending to our lawyers. They opened the church's door. They dropped it on the ground. They saw that the church is packed. I was already preaching at the pulpit. And they would draw themselves and waited for the people to go home. And when we were driving to our house, we were arrested based on that order that was never given to us, never read to us. Uh, we were arrested in the middle of the highway by anti-terrorists. My brother David and me, we were both arrested, spent three days and two nights on concrete, which is again illegal. And on Monday, we were shackled. They shackled our feet and they took us to see the third crooked amigo. 
Adam Germain, the judge from the province of Alberta, who was a politician before for the Liberal Party. Liberal Party is like you Democrats in the United States. So he was a liberal politician. Then he ran again and he failed. And because he failed, he received this seat as a judge, um, you know, being able to forward a liberal agenda. This judge starts his proceedings by saying, a good friend of mine, John Rook, so his boss, uh, called me and asked me if I would be kind enough to look into this case as a personal favor uh, to him. Can you imagine? And I look at my brother David, we're shackled like animals, and I said to him, this is a show trial. This has nothing to do with the rule of law. This has nothing to do with with law. This is a show trial. This case is already decided. This guy is not going to go against his boss that made this uh, court order. Uh, he's going to uh, play along. And so that's where I decided to come to your amazing country, to USA, to share my story and basically, basically say to you guys, uh, watch the northern border because we're truly living behind the Iron Curtain in China right now. And you think your biggest threat is Mexican border, but I'm telling you what they're cooking in Canada is going to hurt you unless you rise up, stand up against this globalistic tyranny. So I was right. This crooked judge, Adam Germain, found us guilty, even though we never received the court order. We never, uh, they never read it to us. <laughs> we didn't know what it said. But anyway, it didn't matter. Law and order didn't matter. We were found guilty. I was found guilty on two contempts of court times two, which is like four years of imprisonment. So the judge ordered us to pay a huge amounts of money as penalties, 18 months probation, probation officer, community hours, because he decided that me feeding the poor is not community, uh, you know, benefits to community. And then he gave us a compelled speech. So what this judge did is unheard of in a free and democratic society. He ordered us to every time we talk to another human being, either show or from the pulpit, during the sermons or anywhere else, we must recite a communist fascist party line from from the judge, from the from the politicians here. We must we must recite that or we will go to prison. So we grabbed the microphone when he ruled that and we said, judge, uh, you can throw us in uh, to prison, but we'll never, ever obey this order uh, you can do whatever you want so we didn't we never obeyed that order and then we appealed it we appealed that decision and um, we waited for the appeal um in the meantime i was arrested again coming from a rally in the middle of the of the highway by rcmp rcmp is like your fbi and then re-arrested again coming from another uh, peaceful protest um, by calgary police in the middle of the highway again in the middle of the snow taken to prison, charged criminally. When I came back from the United States, uh, stepping out of the plane, I was arrested and criminally charged for inciting people to come to church, officiating an illegal gathering, participating in illegal gathering, and not wearing a muzzle. So by now, I was arrested 15 times and charged over 340 times. Um, it, it was a total gong show, insanity. And then something that I'm sure you were watching closely, closely, um, the track convoy came. Yes. 
trackers came and they asked me if I would become their pastor, if I would conduct the church services for them and feed them, because that's what I do. I feed thousands of people. I gladly did it. I did a series of church services for the trackers. Off they went to Ottawa. We supplied their food. We gave them stuff for them to take on the road. And then I uh, was asked to do another series of church services in a border town called Milk River and Coots. Coots is a point of entry between Montana and Alberta. And gladly, of course, I gladly did it. The truck convoy was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. The solidarity, every color, every creed, every background, every language coming together under the umbrella of freedom, under the umbrella of, mm. of uh, uh, you know, liberty and Canadian flag. It was absolutely amazing. Can I yeah. ask you one thing about that? Because one of the things that I heard, we had a, a nurse who was up in Canada. We had her on the show, and she was telling me something I had not seen in any of the news. She was saying, Saying, Tim, what the, I played a video. I think some guys had gathered out there to sing a hymn. Uh, it was part of the, the day's events that they were there. She said, Tim, we're gathering here every morning, and somebody is preaching or teaching the Bible, and we're singing together, and that was not out anywhere. And I was kind of blown away by that. I was like, this is great because... You know, we hear people that will get into these protests and things. They'll do these things, and God is is either vaguely put there, you know, kind of like God bless you kind of thing, but it's not central. It's not the foundation. And that thrilled me to hear when she said that. Were you a part of one of those? Or were you one of the guys that they had doing that each day? Well, I did, um, you know, I did that every rally, every protest and uh, with the trackers. Um, but I stayed in Alberta. Other pastors, okay. other clergymen did it in Ottawa. So we have uh, this big movement, this big convoy to Ottawa, but we also had 20, 15, 20,000 people uh, staying behind in uh, different cities like Calgary and Milk River had 15,000 people and then uh, could. So I conducted church services everywhere I went. I preached, uh, we had worship. Uh, so that's what I did in Milk River. I did Lord's Supper. Uh, we had worship and I gave a church sermon. And then there was about 50 RCMP cruisers. I went to them and I said, I want to go to Kutz. I want to do a church service there. They opened the barricade for me and I went to Kutz. I did another church service there. We prayed together. We had Lord's Supper together. We worshiped together. It was absolutely amazing. In Canadian uprising, in Canadian solidarity, God was everywhere people were praying crying amen uh, amen hands on each other conducting church services like god was uh a heart in the middle of this this whole uh, truck convoy it was absolutely beautiful people were receiving christ they were coming to the lord they were really physically touched um people were healed even uh, during the time after prayers so what i did in kutz i did the lord's supper i did worship and I gave a 19 minutes church service speech. <coughs> and I told, I said to Canadians, hold your horses, um, you know, hold the, hold the line, stay strong. Don't, um, don't quit. Don't give up. I've seen this before. Solidarity in Poland, Polish people stayed connected together, united, and they want their freedom. We got to do the same thing and, but do it peacefully. No guns, no swords. This is a, a peaceful resistance and non-violent. 
um, uh, resistance. And that's what I did. And later on, you know, I was allowed to go home, no problem. Our CMP recorded me. And then a few days later, when I stepped out of my house, I was immediately arrested by our CMP officers, undercover police, Calgary police uniformed, and then uh, detectives. It was a gong show. It was like a takedown of uh, El Chapo of Calgary, Al Capone of Canada. It was absolutely unbelievable. They blocked the entire street. Uh, later on, we learned that they were monitoring me coming in and going out uh, from my house for a week. I was taken to police custody, interrogated for hours, and then I was charged with terrorism. So my speech includes, they said that uh, the Crown Prosecutor said that I, because I did that church service, it cost Canadian economy over $400 million in damages, and they charged me, I'm the first Canadian ever in the history of this country to be charged with interfering with a crucial infrastructure Gosh. under the defense uh, terrorism. So I like blowing up bridges and blowing up pipes. They charged me with this and they stripped me naked, put me in solitary confinement in prison. Can you imagine prime, a uh, premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney, that, uh, that was caught breaking the same restrictions, the same mandates that he implemented on the rest of us was caught in a sky palace hypocrisy where he partied with his ministers, Minister of Finance, uh, Tra Travis Taves, Minister of Environment, Jason Nixon, Minister of Health at that time that was sending those Gestapo, those Nazi AHS, shutting down our restaurants and our businesses and our churches. Well, the same guy partied with his boss. His name is Tyler Shandrum. With Jason Kenney, they had a, a great whiskey party, no social distancing, not wearing a muzzle, did exactly what we did, except they were partying, not just having a church service, no arrests for them, no tickets, nothing. One law for me, a totally different for uh, d So I was now in prison, charged with terrorism. While I was there, they brought other charges like breach of probation, um, uh, other criminal charges, disturbing peace, um, trespassing, not wearing a muzzle. Uh, they brought everything they could think of piling up. Then I had my first bail hearing. During the bail hearing, the Crown Prosecutor portrayed me as the most dangerous man in Canada, a terrorist that I single-handedly I uh, caused economy um, over $400 million worth of damages for what I do. And if I'm released on Canadian society, it's going to be absolute disaster. I don't follow orders. I'm extremely dangerous and et cetera, et cetera. So the judge ordered me to stay in prison. So off I went back to solitary confinement, metal cages. Believe it or not, they kept me in metal cages like dogs, small metal cages. They stripped me naked multiple times in front of other people and women and men. They put me in solitary cell on concrete every night without washroom and water. It was total gong show. And if you know international law, solitary confinement is considered a torture. In the middle of all of this, the Crown Prosecutor comes to us. I was denied 
to see my lawyer for three weeks. For three weeks, I am in prison, subjected to cruelty, subjected to torture, metal boxes, uh, uh, iron cages, uh, concrete uh, solitary confinement, locked sometimes 26 hours nonstop in a cell. Uh, I, five inmates testified already that the guards came to them giving them incentives if they will murder me or beat me up in in um, in jail we have those testimonies um uh, already so um during that time that i never knew when i'm going to be stopped i never knew what they're going to to do to me i have no access to my lawyer my conversation with the with the lawyers on the phone which is recorded i mean it's total craziness and of course all of that it's against the criminal code of canada and the constitution of our nation so um during that time the crown prosecutor comes and says hey you want to go home uh we're going to drop all the charges if you plead guilty to just one mischief if you plead to that one we will send you home and your ordeal ordeal is over i said no so for that they kidnapped me literally the sheriffs came kidnapped me from calgary prison and took me hundreds of miles away to another city without the knowledge of my wife without the knowledge of my family or my lawyers and they put me uh, listen to this they put me into a max pod max pod is is a, a place a unit for the most dangerous bloody murders if you stop someone if you attack guards they would put you into a mag spot um it's for it's it's for the extremely dangerous offenders so they put me there they said i'm extremely dangerous i was not a, allowed even to have a pen because i was considered extremely dangerous freezing conditions when i complained that i am shivering and i can't even sleep the guard was laughing and said at least you have fresh air um and then the next day if that would not be you know good enough punishment for them they took me from that place and they locked me into um a psych ward in prison in edmonton so i was placed in a psych ward with the crazy people and they placed me with a schizophrenic into a cell that you know a guy that murdered his brother with the machete and was seeing stuff and i think what they wanted to achieve they wanted someone to stop me while i was there they didn't want to do it themselves they wanted to use inmates to hurt me i spent 50 days in this craziness on the 51st day i was released into a house arrest and i am presently on house arrest right now arthur can i ask you something about the inmates how did the inmates view you because they've obviously they're offering some of these guys some 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 kind of incentive to hurt you they're putting them putting you in in with a schizophrenic who's already murdered one man at least how are the inmates towards you were they did, did god give you favor with the inmates or were they just kind of yeah we don't care we don't want anything to do with them or how how did they how did they respond to you oh i was uh, the moment i stepped in i was i was an immediate hero they recognized me from the news uh, I, for example, into a psych ward. Well, when I walked in, they said, "Oh, Pastor Art Pulaski is here." Um, when I was sitting, uh, they one email looked at me and says, "Well, you look familiar. Aren't you that guy the pastor gets arrested all the time?" <laughs> I said, "Guilty as charged." And he jumps out of his chair and he yells for all to see, and he says, "You are my hero, my God! Wow, it's what a privilege." Amen. To be 
with you. And that was the pattern wherever I was sent. Everywhere I went, inmates recognized me and I immediately, uh, I became a hero. For example, when the inmates were given incentives to hurt me in prison, they yelled at the guards and they said, if anything happens to this man, watch your back because we will do the same thing to you. Amen. Amen. It was almost, it was almost like a riot when they were dragging me from my solitary cell to put me into a concrete cell without washroom and, and, and water. So the inmates were yelling, free pastor art, free pastor art. Whatever I went, they were chanting free pastor art. And even when I was being transported by the sheriffs, uh, the inmates, the inmates would would be locked in those little cages, um, you know, all around me, and they would say, "Hey, man, you are a hero. Thank you for standing up for our rights." And Praise thank the you. Lord, Amen. So everywhere I went, I had huge favor. That's why I was able to do Bible study with them, church services. I prayed with them. I led number of them to the Lord. They were crying. They were coming to my cell when I was locked up, um, asking for. Uh, you know, for guidance, for hope, for prayers. I prayed for this guy that had a problem with his legs. The bones were separated. After I prayed for the guy, he went to the doctor and the bones uh, came together and the doctor said, I never seen something Ooh, like this. So Deo Gloria, baby. I, amen. Amen. So that was um, throughout of this ordeal, a huge favor with the inmates and even with some guards. I had uh, multiple guards coming to me and they said, is there anything I can do for you? Um, so I asked for a pillow. A guard gave me a pillow. Another guard um, came and brought me blankets. Um, I, you know, they were guards also that uh, said they're praying for me. Uh, the whole church is praying uh, for me that they attend. So not all of those people are evil. I would say about 30% are amazing. They're good people. They are doing their job, um, keeping peace and just treating people like human beings. Then you've got about 30% of them that they don't care. They're just doing their job for the pension and, and a bowl of soup. And then you've got about 30% that are just psychopaths. They're absolutely mentally ill uh, and they are there and they should never be there in the capacity of any law enforcement or or you know peace uh duty so 51st day i got released uh, again before they released me they stripped me naked looked for contraband flipped my entire cell i mean it was a it was a gong show and then i was placed on house arrest but in the meantime remember we appealed uh, those decisions of the three crooked amigos uh, David Gates, John Rook, and Adam Germain. And three weeks ago, less than three weeks ago, the Court of Appeal looked at this case and rendered their decision. Three judges unanimously decided that what was done to us was illegal, the arrests were illegal, the punishments were illegal, unnatural, and they completely vindicated me, my brother David, and Chris Scott. A huge victory. This is so far the biggest victory against the COVID tyranny in the nation of Canada. And straight after we won that one, they withdraw another criminal charge against me personally. So even though I'm still subjected to four more trials, illegally feeding homeless, a $100,000 ticket, inciting people to come to church, um, trespassing, 
and then disturbing peace, not wearing a muzzle and the terrorism charge. Um, even though I'm still facing those charges as we speak, the snowballing, the uh, avalanche, if you will, the house of cards is crumbling. Their foundation of tyranny that they build is being broken. And it's the biggest victory so far. So I'm very excited because this victory is going to echo in not just in Canada, but all around the world to show people, to send a message to people that you can stand against the biggest guns, the biggest Goliaths, giants, mountains in your land and prevail if God is for you. You Amen. see, David, when he stood in front of Goliath, he saw Goliath for what this dude really was, which was an obstacle to David's destiny. And that's how I see all those different things that they do to me. Mm. Those are just obstacles. Those are just mountains. On the other side of that mountain is my destiny that God has in store for me. So mm. I want to encourage you uh, that this story of Arthur Pulaski is simply a story of a man that chose to believe in God and chose to trust in his power and stand on the side of truth rather than on the side of lie and prevail. Amen. And I want to encourage everyone else, stand your ground. We are lions following the lion from the tribe of Judah. Amen. Keep roaring, keep going after the hyenas. Do not be <laughs> satisfied with the leftovers from the master's tables. Be lions Roar, roaming the savannah and let's uh, let's bring the biggest pride of lions that this earth has ever seen let's mm. go after the villains amen amen now a couple of things I want to ask and, and and when you mention the master's table this is i think this is where uh people who profess to be followers of the lord jesus christ they forget he's the king there's only one king and it's him and the rest of these guys are supposed to be his ministers and they're not being his ministers they're 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 uh, they're being treasonous they're betraying the king and the king's table is our table because we're his kids and right. it's amazing to me to watch the christians beg for the scraps off the table and stand, get away from here, you dogs. This is our table. You can have the scraps. We'll determine what's going on here. And you're doing just that. Now, you said you got your the victory a couple of weeks ago. We, we reported on that. And then you said these knuckleheads decided, even after they'd been shot down, they're going to come and put another charge on you. Did I hear that right? No, all the charges are from 2020 okay. and 2001. However, they're not withdrawing the charges that are still pending on me. I Even see. though this victory is huge and everything is crumbling, they love the idea that they're still keeping me on the leash. However, last week, they already withdrawn one criminal charge. So now, as we speak, as I talk to you right now, I'm facing four more trials. The Kutz terrorism craziness for my speech where I said to people three times during 19-minute speech, non-violent way, no guns, no swords, peacefully, while they charged me with terrorism for that speech. And then I'm facing a $100,000 ticket because I kept feeding the homeless people in the middle of this craziness. I'm also facing um, a trespass and the 
criminal disturbing peace charge and not wearing a muzzle uh, when I went to pick up my mail from Canada Post and they refused services and I called the police on them and the police charged me instead of charging the villain. So this is still pending. They did everything in their power to pile up, to bring as many nonsense charges as they could fine to keep me in prison but you see if god doesn't want you in prison there is nothing the devil can that can do in his minions and i'm a living walking testimony that you can tackle the biggest giants of the land and prevail because if god is for me who can be against me greater is he that is in me than the one that is in them we are standing on a side of the truth and what I know about the truth, truth is like a pillar. It stands on its own. It's the lie that needs more lies, manipulation, disinformation, um, and, you know, all this terror and fear uh, to be implemented because it crumbles. A lie sooner or later will be known for what the lie really is. But the truth stands on its own. So I know if we will stick to the truth, which is God, sooner or later we will be vindicated and the liars will be shown for who they really are. They're already crumbling. They're already running like rats all over the place. And what we need to do is engage in a political arena. And I want to talk to you, everyone that is listening, engage in the political arena. Take back the seven mountains of influence because if good people will not run for political office, if we that are being called to be the light will not penetrate the darkness, then we cannot complain that evil rulers are ruling over our children. We have to change that. We got to get engaged. And I just watched what happened to your president, uh, Donald Trump. I mean, what atrocity they did. But however, I believe this is going to serve him well because now they're exposing themselves that they don't care about the law and justice. They are evil, wicked gangsters. They're mafiosos. And, 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 and now they're showing to the whole world who they really are. And I think this is going to serve Donald Trump really well, especially in, during this midterm elections. Yeah, I, I have my own view of that just because I know Donald Trump, how his character and his life's been. And um, it, it's it's really interesting. This is the first time I can remember there being some kind of raid on somebody's house, first time of a former president, and there was an arrest. I think all of this is set up for the people. I think it is it is to drive people to him. That's That's my thought, because who was the ones who groomed him? And I don't want to get off on Donald Trump, but who were the ones who groomed him? The, the 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 media for 30 40 years they they helped groom him and so in here i think it works a little bit different maybe than canada and that is to get the people and play them off of one another that's the way i see that kind of going but you're exactly right there are many people who are called to to be the ministers of god whether it's a sheriff or whether it's a, a school board member or, or a county commissioner or a governor or whatever and they won't they just won't get out there and do it and I don't know what it's going to take for people to figure that out, that God calls people to those offices, too. And, I mean, if he can take somebody like Daniel and take him from, you know, nothing over here, he's a slave brought into Babylon, and he can raise him up to second in command, or if he can take somebody like Joseph, who's brought in the same kind of deal as a slave in Egypt, and raise him up to second in command, well, he can do that for his people. I mean, wouldn't he do it even more for his people today who would, who would be willing to stand for the truth? Hundred percent. When I was in prison in a solitary, I, I, I'm telling you, it was 
it was hell on earth. It was no fun. I would be a liar if I said, yeah, it was easy peasy, you know, it was not a big deal. Um, no, it was a big deal. Uh, this is a psychological warfare and your body is, uh, is being broken. When I came out of prison, spending so many hours on concrete, my back was completely messed up. My chiropractor looked at it and I couldn't believe it. It was completely shifted, broken. Um, and for months I was in pain for what they did to me. So it was not easy. But when I was there, when of course I cling to God, I said, God, are you still with me? Uh, will you allow them to hurt me more or will you protect me? I mean, you're alone. They would not give me my glasses for a week. I could not even read. It was hell on earth. It was no fun. However, one day I'm sitting over there and I feel God coming to my cell and say, I want you to run for an office. I want you to clean the swamp. And outside there was protests organized by my son, Nathaniel, and my wife and my brother, David, and his wife, and the church. Every single day they broke a Canadian record. Every day I was in prison, they had a protest outside of the prison doors. Amen. Every day there was 50 to 250 people that were yelling and screaming, free pastor art, you cannot do this, it's illegal. And they, they were holding the fort. So one man outside was talking, and suddenly, because I talked to him after, he says, Arthur Pulaski for Premier of Alberta. And he says, I don't know where that came from. It's, it's like he, did, he was not thinking about it. It just came over him. And I'm in cell. I can't hear what they're saying. And the same thing I hear God is telling me, go and run. Run and clean the swamp. Amen. So anyway, I decided after many confirmations and about five different prophets coming to me, Finally, I decided to run for political office myself. I was part of about 15 different campaigns. We elected some people. I supported some people. Uh, sometimes we won, sometimes we lost. But I myself never wanted to run for political office. But I believe that it came a time that I realized that those people are not going to let me live my life. They don't want me to be a pastor. Fine. I will be a pastor and a politician and see how that goes. What chased <laughs> me yesterday, I will, I'm going to chase tomorrow mm. if elected. So I'm going to make my public announcement this Saturday. And I'm going to run for a leadership of a, a new party in the province of Alberta. And then I'm going to run for an MLA, a position here in the province of Alberta and see what happens. You know, it's not like I need a job. I already said it. <laughs> I'm not going to take a penny from that salary. I'm going to donate my uh, politician's salary to charity. I'm not going to take money. I don't need their money. I don't need taxpayers' money. I just want to clean the swamp. I'm going to look mm. for the biggest plunger that I can find in the province of Alberta, and I'll start uh, unplugging this swamp that has crippled our our children and the next generation. Amen. Amen. So, so we're going to be looking at possibly the a Canadian version of Oliver Cromwell and you maybe uh, should the Lord give you that 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 position and it'd be a, as a protector of the people upholding the law and glorifying God through that we got about 30 seconds here I don't know if you want to continue on uh, we can keep you on or if you need to go whatever you need to do but I want to give you the final word here yeah it's up to you I mean the final words would be stand strong don't give up don't Amen. quit 
winners never win winners never quit you know as a fighter as a boxer i always understood that when i'm facing an enemy i'm facing the enemy to win not to lose so stand up we already won jesus won on the That's cross right. Amen. Uh, sometimes the enemy doesn't know it, so stay strong and enjoy the ride because we win in the end. Amen. Amen. Pastor Archer, well, hang on. We'll, we'll cover a couple of minutes if, if that's okay. And uh, you guys can pick this up at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Come on over there, and then Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And we'll be back with you in the morning. Adios. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And, you know, as far as the story, uh, all right, one of the things, you know, I'm there's so many things in the midst of it. I, I've got that we changed the camera and you're not seeing me, but I'm just kind of sitting here excited because I'm I'm seeing, you know, I, I do. I did some reports on what was going on up there and the trucker convoy, some of the people we've had some of the people on the show. We had you on the show um, and what you were doing there. And it's one thing to see it, you know, from afar. I'm in South Carolina. I'm several thousand, probably a couple thousand miles away from you guys. And then to see you come through all of that, it's like Bradley and I used to talk about it. We'd say, God's going to take care of him. There's no doubt about it because he's standing firm. He's not backing down. He's standing there. And, you know, we use that old phrase out of uh, Daniel, if you don't bow, you don't burn, right? Like the three Hebrew children. If you don't bow down, you're not going to burn. And you, it's not that you didn't suffer. Um, what did Paul say? He says, you know, through, it's through much tribulation we enter into the kingdom of God. And so we know that comes with it. But none of us want to suffer, do we? None of us want to say, hey, yeah, just flog me, throw me in a cage or whatever. We don't want to go through that. But in the midst of it, we go through it. And I think that's where God really shows whether or not we're genuine or not, whether or not we're holding fast to him, kind of like what Job was. Go, Have you tried out my servant over here? And he shows himself that he's strong and he rewards him as he goes through the fire there. And, and Job gives glory to God, just like you've done here. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to keep you over just a little bit because some of these guys who are in the leadership there in Canada, for instance, uh, are you saying you're, you're looking to run for premier? Is that what you're saying? Yes. I mean, ultimately, first, the system is you have to win sure. MLA, seat for the MLA. And then if your party is uh, big enough, then you can uh, become the premier. I mean, um, I'm going all the way and see what God is going to do. I mean, again, it was not my idea. I didn't ask for it. I think I am being forced into making this decision uh, because if I was dealing with a man like me, I would drop all the charges and forget about the guy and try my best never again um, you know, give him the ability or opportunity to have a platform. That's what I would do. But those people don't think clearly. They keep pushing. They keep harassing. I think they have made us into that position of being Davids in um, in front of the giants, in front of Goliaths. You know, David was not really looking for a position. He was appointed and anointed by God. He just stood through the test and you know, he he got his exam. I mean, he went, he passed the exam. And this is how I see what we're observing in the past two and a half years. If I could imagine what Jesus is doing, I would see him right now flipping the tables in his house, making a whip 
and then with his own body preventing people from coming in, yelling and screaming and saying, what have you done with my father's house? It was supposed to be a house of prayer and worship. And you turned it into some kind of entertainment, into some kind of a den of thieves, uh, you know, making money machinery. That's not what the church was all about. Go we into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, lay hands on the sick and, and anoint them with oil and they will recover, give glory to God. I mean, is that not what the purpose for the church is? Yes. But we have turned this into some kind of a mockery, some kind of a social club um, that is irrelevant in today's society. So I think God is flipping the tables and is reminding all of us what the whole thing is all about. And And I'm telling you, going through the fire is not a bad thing. It's not a pleasant thing, but it's not a bad thing because in the fire, God deals with our enemies. In the fire, he shows up to set us free because we're bound. We're That's bound right. by That's right. we're bound by all kinds of different things. So Jesus shows up, sets us free, uh, discusses different things with us. And then in the fire, when you're willing to go through the difficulties, that's where your testimony is. What kind of testimony we have for the whole world right now? That we're cowards? That we shut down churches because what? The Pharaoh said so? That we stopped worshiping God because the Pharaoh said so? Uh, that we stopped laying hands on the sick and we, we forbid it, forbidden people to come in because they didn't have the Nazi communist passport? I mean, seriously, is that our testimony? Well, that's not a testimony, that's cowardness. And then in the fire, if you're willing to go all the way and be willing to die like Shadrach, Michigan, Abednego, when they said, well, our God is perfectly able to set us free, but if he chooses not to, that's fine too. In the fire is our promotion. Church failed because church was not willing to suffer for Jesus, for the truth, and because the church was not willing to suffer, they don't have a testimony and they don't have promotion. They were kind of pushed aside. In Canada, abortion clinics are more valuable. Uh, marijuana stores are more valuable. Liquor stores and Costco's and Walmart's and Safeways and Ikea's are more valuable than the church, according to the society, according to the, to the politicians. So that's how far we have fallen. We need to bring this back. And I think God is reviving or purifying, if you will, his church. He's intensifying the fire to show us and the whole world who is who in the zoo. I think he's separating the sheep from the goats, the sheep from the wolves, the real shepherds that are willing to die for the sheep and, and, and the hired guns. Uh, that is just a job. It's my pension. It's my salary. Uh, therefore, I'm not willing to pay the price for my salary. Uh, he's separating the chaff uh, from, uh, from the wheat. He is. Um, he is shaking the fence because people enjoy sitting on a fence, you know, a little bit of the devil, a little bit of God. God says, that's it, unacceptable. Uh, if you look warm, I'll spew you out. He's shaking the fence and people are falling to the left and to the right. When he's going to be done shaking, everyone will have to make a choice, either God or the devil. And I see all of that happening in front of my very eyes. So what I believe is going to happen after this purification process, uh, we're going to see the greatest revival this earth has ever seen. I truly believe we're going to see the last harvest, last harvest of the Lord in a very near future. I believe that God is going to appoint 
his people in the places of power uh, for that time uh, because you need good people in authority for that revival to happen and uh, we need to replace the wicked evil uh, liars the globalist devils uh, with uh, godly people people that actually love people uh, they may disagree with some lifestyles but we love people and willing to protect everyone that's right no that's exactly right in fact you know i'm thinking you were making mention of kind of being the mutt uh with the scottish and the polish and all this other one of one of my favorite people are the scottish covenanters and when you read their stories they were not cowards there were some of them that were pacifists but then thank god for their brothers who stood by in the fields when they worshiped who were willing to take on the dragoons on their behalf um they they disagreed on those things but they were united in Christ they would reject the the tyranny of the papacy they wouldn't worship in the papist way or any of that other stuff and and god really used them to be our founding fathers we think of george washington and all these guys no 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 the guys who came before them were really the founding fathers they were the one who laid the foundation and it was guys like the scottish covenanters who did that and i do believe what you're saying i believe there is a for lack of a better term, a hopeful future that we have in the midst of all of this tyranny that we're seeing and all of this breaking down of society, we're, we're seeing it being torn down in order that it can be rebuilt because what it is right now doesn't honor the Lord, and that's here in the United States, that's there in Canada, that's across the pond, so to speak, in England and other places. It's being torn down, but the, it's got to be the, there's got to be some men of God who, one, know the Word of God and have that outlook and say, wait a minute, we're to be pressing the crown rights of King Jesus here, and we've got to teach the people what the law of God says, because it isn't just we're going to preach the gospel and call men to repentance from sin. they got to know what sin is. It's a violation of God's law. we got to teach them how you deal with that. What is a just law? What is justice when it's meted out when that law is broken? What is mercy to all this? Because that's separated from law. So we have, a, we have an entire generation or two or three who have been ignorant of the Word of God, and we're, we're, the famine is not the food that we eat, although that may be coming soon, too. It's the Word of God. And what does the Bible say about that? It, God sends a famine in the land sometimes of His Word, too. That's right. That's right. I mean, our nations, actually the Western civilization, uh, walked away from God uh, so far that they don't even know who God is. Um, I remember I traveled around Europe and it shocked me many years ago, 15 years ago, when we went to England and when we went to France, when uh, pornography was everywhere and, and it, you know, children could see it. I mean, uh, the whole society walked so far away from God um, that everything is crumbling. And I think that God finally stood from his throne and he says okay i need to shake this whole thing i need to remind the whole world what this whole thing is all about and it, the, the, you know we started this program by saying that where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty if people want liberty if they want freedom they need to invite god of freedom back into their nations or they will become slaves because that's what the devil wants he wants you to be a slave that's all. He wants to enslave everyone. He will use you, abuse you, and then will throw you uh, away like a filthy rag. So put your house in order, put your act together, repent from your sins, 
come back to God, say you're sorry for what you have done, walking away from him. And I'm telling you, from that moment on, he's going to start rebuilding, restoring, helping you to become what he wants you to be. He will lead you into your destiny, which when you are with God, your destiny is being a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you're without God, your destiny is enslavement by either wicked people or Satan himself. So we have to, we have to understand what is at stake here. And it's freedom, not freedom just for us, but it's also freedom for our children. Well, that's right. And he does promise us that we are overcomers, too, right? He doesn't say you're you're going to lose. He says you're the overcomers. And I, I think some people miss that. They miss that part. We read about the martyrs. Sure, there's plenty of martyrs throughout history who gave their lives. They were willing to live for Christ because they were willing to die for him. And too many today say, oh, I'm willing to die for him, but they won't live for him. And I think that's 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 where the disconnect, at least in this country, is is that we've had so many hirelings in the pulpit that don't preach the Word of God. Um, they want to tell you how your how wonderful your life is going to... I made mention of this earlier this week. Uh, they want to talk about the love of God as this, you know, amorphous, syrupy, milk toast kind of sloshy kind of, you know, Budweiser, I love you man kind of love. And it's not that. It's in a demonstration. God demonstrated His love for us in this. He sent his son to die for us while we were sinners. I mean, that's real demonstration of love. Taking those who are your enemies and being willing to die for them. And uh, this is the message that's got to resonate throughout the churches if we're going to see that kind of thing going. And I know there's some faithful pastors. I know a lot of these mega pastors get out in, in America here especially. And, you know, they're they're teaching a lot of false teachings and errors and damnable heresies. But there are faithful men in the little churches that nobody hears about. And I, I'm like, there's a bunch of those guys. I know that we're not Elijah sitting out here doing the only one. Because I know God would say, no, no, no. I got some guys out here. They haven't bowed the knee either. They're standing with you. And uh, you're one of our brothers in arms over there across the line. And I hope that one day we'll get to meet, if not here, as, as a, a man who used to be a deacon in my father's church. That w I can remember my dad taking me on a Friday or Saturday night to the church. And him and his deacons would get there and pray. And they would pray at night, like for two or three hours from 9 to about 12 midnight or whenever they got done. And I would crawl under the under the pew as a, I don't know, five, six, seven-year-old. I'd get in and I'd listen to those men pray. And when we got up, there was this old man. He was a deacon in our church named Zeke. And I can't even tell you his last name. But he would get up and he would always tell my dad, he said, I'll see you Sunday. Or he said, I'll see you in heaven if I don't see you Sunday. <laughs> That's what he said. And finally, there was a day where that came. But, uh, we, you know, we've got to be those kind of people who do that, where we're eager to see one another. We're eager to uh, worship together. We're eager to read. You know, I tell people, we've got a lot of people in our chat, brother, that, that they can't find a church that will teach the truth. And so yeah. they're coming on here, and they're like, this is my congregation. This is where I can hear the Word of God. Uh, this is where I can have somebody instruct on whatever the political matters or things like that are. And we've got to have some people who are willing to step up and, and, and repent and teach what the Word of God says, because that's where the power is. And I think that's the saddest part of this story uh, called COVID lie, that 
those that were supposed to stand against the villains, against the wolves and the hyenas, made a deal with wolves and hyenas for incentives. Like Ezov uh, gave up his birthright for a bowl of soup, or Judas Iscariot thought that he's going to spend his silver coin. We know how those people end up. Um, you know, I want to say something. If you are a leader or shepherd or a Christian that failed Jesus like Judas Iscariot, and you walked, you know, you denied him and you did all this evil against the people, uh, obeying the wicked, evil government. Well, you can be Judas Iscariot and die, or you can become Peter. Peter also betrayed Jesus in multiple times, and Jesus restored him because Peter came to him and said, God, forgive me. He uh, truly apologized. He repented from what he did, and we know that Peter was the one that, you know, eventually was crucified upside down because he was not was not feeling worthy to be crucified the same way Jesus was crucified. So um there is hope for everyone, even those that failed Jesus today. You don't have to fail Jesus tomorrow. That's right. Uh, out of this whole story, um when I look at the political arena, I expect very little good from those evil, wicked people, at least majority of them, because there are some good politicians. Uh, my wife and my son just met with a number of them, a good, amazing, fired up for Jesus Christians, politicians in Ohio. Uh, just yesterday, they had a meeting in Ohio with some uh, senators, uh, amazing godly people. So there are some, especially in the United States, you get a lot more good men in politics than we have here in China, though, behind the Iron Curtain. So, uh, however, I think that God is changing that. But the saddest part is not that the politicians failed, uh, because without Jesus, you know, you will fail, is that those people that claim to be God's shepherds failed. And we need to change that. We need a new breed of people. I call them nameless, faceless, nobodies in the eyes of men, but there's somebodies in the eyes of God. Amen. We need David, Esther's, and Joshua's, and Caleb's. We need Mordecai's. We need new breed of apostles that are willing to say, uh, like our apostles in the chapter 4, book of Acts, you be the judges whom we are to obey, man or God, you or God. In chapter 5, they said we must obey God rather than men. We need those types of men and women in ministry that when the wolves show up again, and don't kid yourself, they will come back again trying to attack that you're going to take the biggest stick, the biggest rod you can find, and start beating those wicked, evil people out of your church. And that's what I did. I kicked them out. And I'm still standing. And I'm not depressed. I'm not suicidal. I'm not turning into drugs and alcohol. You know, I'm a happy camper because I know in the end, I stood for what was right, for what was right, and I'm still standing for what's right. And sooner or later, God, God himself will reward those that are faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being on. I love it every time you're on because it's it's powerful. I mean, it is, it is the work of the Spirit of God in your life. It's not you. You're just a man like I am. You're flesh and blood. But it's the work of the Spirit of God. The Bible says that He works in us both to will and to do His good pleasure. And this is, when I, when I say that to people, I want them to understand, here's, here you are, you're an example of that, that they've seen. They've seen in the news. They've, they've heard you on the show. They, you've been on other interviews and things. 
They see your stand. They've seen your suffering, and they've seen the Father be faithful in uh, in 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 giving you favor in that. And I tell you, it just thrilled me when you talk about going into the prison. I mean. I can't imagine what you were thinking going into that prison and then all these guys cheering you on. All of these, many of them convicted criminals and some of them probably some really bad stuff, some of them maybe not so bad stuff, but cheering you on. I can't imagine what an encouragement that was to you uh, to have in the midst and to know that God uh, had given you favor even with those that the guards maybe were seeking to do you harm. Uh, He had already stopped the mouths of the lions, so to speak. 100% 100% I had inmates that if you would see them in the middle of the night uh, you would be scared I mean slashed and tattooed and you knew they're bad dudes and I uh, remember a number of them would come to my to my cell they would bang and I would come uh, to see them through a little window and then they would they would cry the tears would come and they said art what I what I what I have seen those people outside cheering for you and singing and, and praying for us and for you is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I remember this one fella and you looked like a really you know bad individual, um, a messed up completely. He he cried and he did this. He he you know he put his fist into his heart. And he says, Art, what I have seen right now it restores my humanity and he started to cry i mean those are precious moments that i will never ever forget do you know that i have inmates calling me up to now uh, <laughs> still i still uh, counsel them i pray with them uh, sometimes if he's let out uh, a particular one daniel uh, he is um, a, a bank robber and he calls sometimes the church and he prays with us and he shares what God put on his heart. I mean, uh, those are the, the victories throughout of this ordeal because we gotta remember Jesus died for souls. He rose from the grave for souls. His kingdom is all about souls and he has us here doing exactly what we're supposed to do, going after people, after souls. And I think as a church, we missed what the whole thing is all about. Pastors are entertainers in most part. They're juggling, they're clowns, entertaining people for for a dollar, for, you know, they're preaching to the wallet instead of preaching to the hearts. And that's why I am, um, I'm not popular among the pastors in, <coughs> in Canada because I'm challenging them. I said, you know, friends, what this whole thing is all about, it's not about making an empire, not uh, about huge buildings. This is about souls. Preach the truth, and the truth will set the captives free. Then, of course, you know, they don't like that. They don't like to be challenged. Uh, You know, they finished universities, colleges, and they got 20 diplomas on their walls. And who am I, you know, this, you know, Polish emigrant with broken English to chastise them or to remind them about you know what this whole thing is all about Uh, they don't take that very uh, you know uh, nicely it reminds me of the pharisees and the sadducees Uh, they were the most educated most powerful politicians clergy uh, during that time and they didn't like apostles reminding them that they're corrupted and in the end that's what the whole thing is all about it's either you're faithful to the kingdom of God, are you compromised? You're corrupted That's men right. doing this for the wrong reasons. So I want to say to everyone, be real, be true. 
go after the kingdom of God. Don't go after the kingdom of Satan because it's going to collapse. It's going to burn in 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 hell. Go after the kingdom of God because you will not lose. My story is a very simple story of a nobody becoming somebody in the kingdom of God. Mm. I mean. Uh, David was a nobody, unknown person, just a little guy uh, that no one really cared for, including his father. Hmm. His father even didn't believe in David, yeah. uh, but yeah. the father which was in heaven believed in David. And uh, my story is very similar. No one really believed in Artur Polosky, this emigrant with a broken English, that something good will come out of Calgary. I just... I just kept being faithful. I'm not the mm. most talented. I, I'm not rich. I don't have po you know powerful political friends. But I have my father, which is in heaven. Yeah. I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I'm his son. That's right. And that's, that's right. where my identity comes from. I just stuck with the winner. I stuck with God. And I said, God, no matter what, even if... I remember one time he said this to me. He says, Art, you and me, we are always the majority. And yes. think about that. When yeah. you stick with God, you already won. Sometimes the enemy doesn't know it yet. Yep, that's right. Now, I got one last question I want to ask you, and then uh, when you answer it, I want you to go ahead and tell people where they can find out uh, more about you at your website and stuff. There was a, there were a couple other pastors up there in Canada who've been standing firm. A couple of them had been arrested. Uh, some of the people were arrested trying to just trying to go to church, not blow up buildings, not shoot people, not do any of this stuff. Just go in there and and do what they've been doing all you know the whole time they've been going there. How, how are those? How are some of those guys faring? Do you do you have any any updates on how some of those guys are are, are faring out there? Listen, every, and this is the beautiful story. Every pastor that stood for Jesus flourishes. Like the churches exploded, um, in every capacity. I, uh, I'm actually going to be preaching. I just, we just opened another church in another city and the guy just had a, a, a little, um, you know, Bible study in his house, just few people. And now we opened his church, 200 people packed the first day and he packed his uh, new church. Uh, it's incredible. Another friend of mine, uh, Rodney from Edmonton Church in the Vine, hammered without mercy. Uh, they were just found guilty of kicking the Nazis out of the church, $80,000. His church uh, went from 200 to 600 people. I'm actually preaching in that church in a few weeks. Uh, um, another Hildebrand in Ontario, his church went to a thousand uh, from like a hundred fifty or so. So what happens is people are thirsty. They're looking for the real deal and they're coming together. Our church was a very little church before this. And now um, we had to change um, a building and and um you know uh have more more seats we are looking for another building um you know to to have a bigger capacity so what i'm saying is that god greatly honored the stand of those people and he blessed everyone that stood enormously um, and that's a fascinating part of the story instead of really being hurt we were being blessed because that's what happens when a man or a woman is willing to go all the way that's right Just just like Esther did. If I perish, I perish. But off she goes against the law of the land and she does what God wanted her to do. Because Mordecai was very clear, perhaps for such a time as this. And that would be my message to everyone that is listening. Perhaps for such a time as this. God raised you up in this capacity so you can be the light, the hope in this dark time. So if you want to uh, support what we do, 
of course we are attacked without mercy by those hyenas and, and wolves so we need support uh, you can go to www.streetchurch.ca streetchurch.ca and uh, you will be able to chip in and, and be become part of what we do. We feed thousands of people on the streets of Calgary. We meet five times a week. I run two churches. Uh, you want to be part of what we do, um, then um, then you can participate in that way. And also pray for me as I'm going to be making this public announcement to run for political office this Saturday. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get uh, lots of uh, attacks, but um, I um, I hope that you will pray for me and, and that you will be willing to support this endeavor as well. So be blessed, stay strong, don't give up. We know that we already won because Jesus won on the cross. We Amen. just have to persevere a little bit longer. Amen. Well, before we let you go, let's do just that. I'm going to ask the people who will be listening to join with me, and let's ask the Father to do His thing through you right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We know that you hear our prayers when we ask anything according to your will. We thank you for the testimony Brother Art has had, how you've delivered him, how you've shown yourself strong, how you have blessed him how you have blessed the churches there in Canada, how you will continue to bless them as they bring forth the testimony that they have in the blood of the Lamb. Lord, we ask you to bless his efforts as he moves upon what you've put on his heart and he goes into the political arena. Lord, even as he went into the, the jail cell there, he's going in the mouth of the lions. He's going in the belly of the beast. Lord, give him favor with the people. Raise him up. He has shown he will glorify you in all things. And we pray you will empower him by your spirit. You, we pray that you will open the eyes of the people that they may not see him, but they'll see the God who's behind him in setting them free and declaring liberty throughout the land in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you so much for being with us. Stay with me, and I will uh, say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and we'll be back with you in the morning, bright and early, 6 a.m., Lord willing. Talk to you then. See ya.